Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Shaky Sports Journeys. You must be bored of hearing me say that, but that is the uh, that is the introduction. I might think of something a bit slicker in the future. Another great guest today, um, somebody who I have connected with only in recent times through social media and been really impressed by. Uh, I'm joined today by Dr. Squash Guru, and first ever female president of Cricket Scotland, which I think is amazing. Sue Strachan, how are you? Good morning. I am very well, thank you, Kazim. And yourself? Thank you. No, Black Friday, Happy Friday. Uh, <laughs> it's not raining outside. I wish I had that sky background of yours. You'll need to tell me how, we, how we get that. That looks, that looks lovely. Uh, but I'm no, very well, thank I'm, you. I'm pretending I'm out there in a cricket field somewhere in the summer. Barbados. Could be that. Could be there. I see there's a bit of grey cloud there, which which doesn't give us a false illusion. Then you are Scottish, so you need yes. to have a little bit of grey cloud in there. Yeah, but you'll notice the blue skies over my head. Very much so. No, it looks <laughs> great. I love it. I love it. So Sue, you've been busy. Uh, yes. You were. Uh, you were. You were. You were speaking. Uh, I believe at the Scottish Women's Awards. Yeah, I had the honour of being one of the two interviews at the Scottish Women in Sports uh, Sports Women of the Years Award. Uh, ceremony last night and it was usually it's a, a big evening where we all get together and, and you sit in that room and you look around you and you see such a lot of inspiring women involved in sport either playing, participating, facilitating, officiating, organising um, but generally the energy in the room is just amazing and I always come away completely inspired by it. So it was a little bit different this year. We were online, um, but uh, I would encourage anybody to, to go on to Scottish Women in Sport on the YouTube and, and watch the video of, of um, the awards. Some amazing young athletes um, and uh, Laura Muir, Sportswoman of the Year, absolutely, fully deserved. Um, we were delighted that one of our uh, young cricketers, one of our young national cricketers, Ailsa Lister, was a finalist in the Young Sportswoman of the Year Awards. Amazing. And that was fabulous. And recognition for her hard work. Um, but, uh, you know, I shared the stage virtually with Catherine Switzer, who was the first woman to run the Boston Marathon and who smashed a few glass ceilings of her own. So I oh, think yeah. it was maybe a little bit of a theme about, you know, breaking through, uh, being a pioneer, in women's and girls sports or being a pioneer in sport generally so um i i loved every moment of it sounds sounds uh, very inspiring i'm sure lots lots of the youth that were uh, were involved in it will, will will take take so much inspiration from it moving forward and well, it's great great to hear that you were talking at it i'm sure you you spoke very well and i'll need to tune in and have a and have a listen to that um sue fellow glasgow girl yeah, I, I was I was really happy to hear that. I didn't know that when, <laughs> when we first engaged. You know, you come from quite a sporty family, and tell me about Glasgow and growing up. Yeah, well, I, I was born in Glasgow, and I went to secondary school in Glasgow. Um, my parents, uh, my dad played a lot of sport as a youngster. My mum, not so much so, but um, they always encouraged us to do to be active, to be outdoors. Uh, you know, we had a black and white TV. There's only so much you can watch in a black and white TV. And we were always outside. My older brother 
was a keen sportsman as well. So he basically used me um, as somebody, an assistant really, uh, as he tried to improve in his sports. And that was rugby, cricket. He was a very keen cricketer, played at Eddingston Cricket Club. Okay. Uh, and also played for his school in Glasgow schools. Um, so uh, he also played rugby at sort of Glasgow schools level. So I had either a rugby ball or a cricket ball thrown, kicked, hit at me most of the time. So you had to learn to catch quite quickly. And there was always things being thrown around at home, you know, whether it was, you know, the salt and pepper or cushions. And um, luckily my mum doesn't have a big collection of ornaments and didn't have then because she certainly wouldn't have now otherwise. So sport was always part of my, my childhood. And then I went to Hutchie Grammar in Glasgow and, you know, that gave me an opportunity to play lots and lots of sport. So I feel very lucky that not only did my parents give me that opportunity and support me, but also I happened to be at a school that did the same. Um, although it didn't give me the opportunity to play cricket, unfortunately. Uh, so I played hockey, netball, um, I swam, I uh, played tennis for the school, I played badminton for the school. I did all of these things, uh, anything with a bat and ball. Uh, I'm not the fastest. Uh, and so uh, I was always limited by my lack of speed um, in a straight line. And I think that's probably why I took to squash, because you don't need to be a fast runner. You need to be nimble and agile and you need to read the game. Uh, and so I didn't play squash at school. I didn't have that opportunity. There was a boy squash team, but no girls were allowed. Um, but my parents encouraged me to play at, at Uddingston Cricket Club, in fact, when there was the squash courts were there too. And so we would go and my brother would go and play cricket. I would help my mum with the cricket tees and I would be on the squash court running about with my mates, um, training and uh, just generally having fun. And we had a little group, a little nucleus of juniors that all encouraged each other. So we would all meet up and... Um, yeah, we'd just play squash or we'd run around the cricket field as training. Um, and when we'd played, we would sit and we'd watch the cricket. And I would wistfully think, wouldn't it be nice if I could get to play cricket too? Uh, but that didn't come until much, much later. A bit of a theme there um, yeah. and, what you, and what you mentioned. You mentioned two sports. Um, one was cricket, uh, one was squash, which is obviously your forte. You know, you were. Uh, we'll, we'll come on to that. You were. You were a very, very good squash player. Uh, still are, I'm sure. But you mentioned that the school didn't. That you couldn't play that at school. Why? You know why? You know now we've. Got, why? Why? I know things are changing, but but why is it like that? Why do girls and boys not have the same opportunities to play the same sport? Why would one play and not the other? Yeah, I've asked that question many, many times in my head. And I think, um, I think it's probably partly because uh, traditionally the people involved in um, administration of sport and organization of sport uh, in positions of responsibility and power and decision-making positions were male and didn't understand perhaps how much girls and women could benefit from being involved in sport. You know, I talk about it. Um, I want to share the joy of being involved in sport with as many people as I can. And I 
think there is a place in sport for everybody, no matter who they are, no matter what their background. So I perhaps come at it from a different place and, and partly probably, um, although I was encouraged, most girls were not encouraged like I was to play sport. Mm -hmm. And certainly we were given options, but we were not encouraged to, to look outside of those options and say, I'd actually quite like to have a go at that. And that's what I hope um, is better now, but I still think we've got a long way to go. And society has a bit of a way to go as well. You know, we don't see female sportswomen in the media, in the traditional media, as often as we should. We don't see, you know, I, I manage the Scotland women's cricket team. And when I watch them play and train, what comes across is the joy, the joy of being involved in a team, the joy of challenging yourself every day, you know, the joy of, of winning together and, and the life lessons you learn of, of losing together because life is about winning and losing. And mm -hmm. so if you can learn the lessons of being able to pick yourself up after a disappointment in sport, then it helps you pick yourself up after disappointments in life as well. You know, so, uh, oh, I think I've gone completely off subject. because No, not at, all, started, not, at not, not at all. I think, I think you've, I think you've covered, you've, you, you've, you know, there's different, there's different ways to look at it. And mm -hmm. something um, I'm a big advocate of is, is, is mental wellbeing and sport Absolutely. is oh. a huge factor in mental wellbeing. Um, and, and what you said there about the journey of life, sport i played it from a very young age as of you it does kind of allow you to deal with failure mm -hmm. success being part of a team all things that you're going to need it's like mm -hmm. a degree almost and a life degree uh, but how important you're obviously a doctor as well mm -hmm. how important is is sport for mental well-being sport is incredibly important um for lots of different reasons so Physical activity and, you know, what it does when, you, when you're active uh, for your body is incredibly important. Um, but sport has the advantages of physical activity. So, you know, the heart is more healthy, the lungs are more healthy, your blood vessels are more healthy, your muscles are stronger. But also it also has that sociable part as well. So going to the gym can do some of that for you. But being involved in sport has so much more. Human beings are social creatures. You know, we, as we are finding out during this difficult time with coronavirus, when we aren't able to get together in groups, we really feel that in our mental health. Um, and for example, um, in March, when, when coronavirus hit and I was, uh, you know, I, I work in a hospital, so I was working hard. Um, but I realized within probably two weeks that the thing I was missing to help me was my sport and my physical activity. And that mentally I was finding this much harder because I didn't have that. So I had to find ways of being active, um, which I managed to do. You know, I started cycling to work. I started training on the driveway outside. I, I connected with people online to try and give me that feeling of being part of a team again, as well as doing the physical activity part of sport. 
And it's both of those together that help your mental health. And there is no doubt about it that I really missed that. And I'm generally a pretty cheery person, um, maybe partly because I'm involved in so, so many sports, but I really felt the lack of that when I didn't have it. What's difficult though, is when people have never had it to help them realize how much sport can do for your mental health, how much better it makes you feel. You know, um, it, if you make the blood go faster around your brain, your brain releases hormones that make you feel better. You feel more relaxed. You have less symptoms of anxiety. But you will also have that meeting with other people, sharing you know, the highs and lows, not having to take the highs and lows just on yourself, but being able to share the burden of those and learning how to be that person that, that someone else can lean on sometimes when you're feeling strong, but also to be able to lean on those around you if you need them, because you know they're there for you and your teammates are always there for you. you know, and, and you see that, I think particularly in women's team sport. So if you watch women's professional cricket, um, you will see that if someone makes a mistake, there's no, there's no judgment. There'll be a smile, someone will give her a pat on the back uh, and we'll move on together because we're together, banded together to help each other um, gain extra strength. You know, being part of a team and doing sports like a superpower. Um, and so it's just incredibly important. And I want to find ways that people who've never experienced that can feel, feel it for themselves and realize how good it can feel. I mean, I would imagine you will be the same having been involved at sport, you know, all the way through in your development. You know, being part of a team just is a, a, an amazing feeling. And being part of a team and playing sport that you enjoy and having fun and a bit of a laugh, you know, what's better? Yeah, I sometimes think about tennis players, for instance, golf players, um, and I... And I I think to myself, it must be quite lonely sometimes. I mean, and I get a lot of credit to the people that take take up those sports because, you know, you don't, you know, you got a coach and you, you but you know, you've you've not really got, I mean, eleven people in a cricket field and a football field. It's amazing that you know you you'll get that. You'll see when somebody drops a catch at cricket, you know, everyone will start clapping and and they'll use it to get find that energy. It's horrible when you drop a catch. It's a oh, horrible yes. feeling. Um, I'm sure it's happened to you, yeah. and, and you want the ground to just. But when you mm. get that, you find that inner, inner, inner strength to say, right, okay, I'm okay. My, my teammates are with me. I can, I can bounce back. I'll catch the next one. Uh, but it's really interesting to hear you talk about sport and mental well-being. Do you think um, the NHS and more sports organisations could possibly do more in that to, to, to people to encourage even the NHS to encourage more people to go into sport? Absolutely. Uh, I think um, I think it's difficult because a lot of people think when they think of sport, they think of PE at school. Mm -hmm. And some people had good experiences, but very many people had bad experiences with PE at school in the old days, particularly. Yeah. Um, you know, cold changing rooms, um, being out there with your with your bare legs, going all mottled in the cold, doing. You know, I remember doing cross-country running um, 
outside in the south side of Glasgow in the winter in the snow. Oh, that's not fun. With short shorts on, being peeped at by the the passing drivers, and um, you know, just being aghast at the mottledness of my thighs because they were so cold, and thinking this is miserable. Yeah. Whereas I'm just going to move because I'm very bright. Um, yeah, whereas being part of something fun. So being part of something fun in a team, um, that's a whole different thing, you know? And so if we can find ways of encouraging people into sport at the beginning level, you know, sport at, at a place where, where you're just running about and unleashing your inner 10-year-old a bit. And, and we've done some work, for example, um, in cricket in Scotland, we've got a fairly new, in, a couple of fairly new initiatives that we've brought some women to cricket that have never been involved before. Um, and women's softball cricket is something that we're doing. So I have, um, we have maybe 14, 15 women and girls come along on a Sunday morning, even in late November. And we have a coach who's incredibly patient with us and who realizes that the chat and the mucking about and the having a laugh is part of why we're there mm -hmm. and manages to sneak in a little bit of cricket technique at the same time. We run about, we hit balls, we learn to catch. We catch some, we drop some, nobody cares. Um, but the people that I know that have done that on my recommendation were very, very tentative about it. And they said things like, oh, uh, you know, I've never been any good at sport. And I say, well, come along and have a go. You'll mm -hmm. enjoy it. Um, and they come into this, uh, this environment where there's no judgment. And I think that's really important. I think many people felt judged when they were younger and involved in sport. Um, so sport has the ability to, to pick people up who are feeling fragile and to carry them through that um, by helping them feel stronger helping them feel they're learning new things, but also surrounding them by, by a group of other people who understand the fragilities of life and, and you know, of being human and who will just be a bit kind and just give them a bit of their life force to help them through and will be there to help make them laugh when they're not feeling like laughing much and there to, to spend you know, an hour and a half, say, just out of their life, just focus on other things, enjoy it. And then you feel a little bit stronger when you go back to the challenges of your own life. So I think sports really, really, um, it, it's, you know, it has no bad side effects. Physical activity has, it's, if it was a drug, we would give it to everybody. But it's better than a drug because it has no bad side effects. All drugs I have. I don't know, the old, the old back. The old back on a cricket field, but I think that's just an age thing, isn't it? So it comes to it comes to us all. But that's that. All, actually, it's funny I say that. That tends to get worse when I get less active. You know the yes, back. So does. you're absolutely right. You need yeah. to be training the muscles and, and and being active and things. Things will be better for you. And it doesn't matter how old you are. There's there's something in sport for you. Um, you know. So that's that's one of the things involved being involved in cricket. Um, I keep coming back to cricket, but I, I see that 
there's so many different forms of the game that we actually have a form of the game that I think suits everyone and anyone. Um, particularly with the new things that have been developed for women. But I would also like to see some of those new things being available to the guys as well. You know, we have lots of children's programs. We have, as I say, these women's programs coming through. We don't yet have many clubs who deliver um, beginners cricket uh, in, in beginner type formats and fun formats for men yet. But I think that's coming. Um, and I think that's somewhere that we could certainly do some more work and, and develop. I think, you know, there is no doubt about it. We all need to be active. We all feel better if we're active. We all have difficult lives. You know, we all have our own pressures. Um, and most of us don't have much time. Mm -hmm. So the other thing is trying to deliver, uh, trying to find places in sport that you can come to for an hour, an hour and a half, a couple of hours of a, sun, of a summer evening and do something that's fun, that boosts your mental health, that gives you the activity and makes your physical health better, makes you feel stronger and makes you feel better when you leave. And I think that's where sport needs to fit. And then people who, who find the love of sport as youngsters and want to progress through that sport to high level, that opportunity has to be there for them as well. And they have to be encouraged to do that. But it's not all about that. That's just one part of the big picture. And the biggest part of the picture is, as you say, the health benefits of being involved in sport. There's, a, there's an initiative we spoke about um, briefly when we chatted on the, on the phone before this, and you'd mentioned to me that there's a getting parents involved. Now, I've seen too often, and I think back to my mum and dad spent a hell of a lot of time at cricket grounds, like mm -hmm. insane how much time they spent at cricket grounds. They were never encouraged to partake in what was taking place. How do we come, is, is, there, is there things that you're working on that you could, that we could see across the board? And I'm, you know, for all sports, I think this would be great where kids are coming down for their cricket training or whatever sport it may be, and the parents are being taken to the side, mums and dads, to be put through their paces? Yes, well, um, we were talking about Crick Hit particularly. Um, so Crick Hit uh, is a, a programme that has been developed within Cricket Scotland. Rosie Ryan, who's the Girls and Women's Cricket Development um, Manager, she, she headed up this programme and it's now probably going to go global, I think. It um, won a Scottish Women in Sport Innovation Award, but it's also won an ICC, that's the International Cricket Council Innovation Award too. Okay. So it's globally recognised as a programme, which Crick Hit, uh, it's H-I-I-T, which is High Intensity Interval Training. And many women particularly will understand High Intensity Interval Training as something that they are encouraged to do for their health and well-being. But usually you end up doing it either inside in a gym or in your own home. Um, and it can be quite a lonely thing, hit. And, you know, I certainly am much more likely to keep doing something if it's fun as well as doing me good. So what we did was we thought we could link the two together, this high-intensity interval training, 
but also some cricket moves. So we can sort of by stealth teach people cricket, the basics, yes, but teach people that it's fun to hit a ball with the bat as far as you can. It's fun to uh, be able to catch a ball when somebody throws it at you or, you know, what is it the guy in dodgeball said? If you can catch a wrench, you can catch a ball. <laughs> or if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. So it's, you know, these are life skills, mm -hmm. um, but they're great fun too. And so what we do in Dumfries certainly is when the, the junior cricket is on, we have our cricket program running at the same time. So if you're a new parent, you might sit and watch your child doing their junior cricket. And in the corner of your eye, you'll see us all on the far side of the cricket pitch doing cricket. And you'll see some of the parents, at, it's timed so it, it works in just with the same length of session as the, mm -hmm. the youngsters cricket. Mm -hmm. So the youngsters go do their training, we go do our cricket. And at the end, everybody comes together and everybody's you know, bright eyed and smiling because they've done their exercise and then they can go home. Um, and they're not cold because it's surprising even on a summer's evening how cold you get when you're just sitting watching. They're not bored, they're doing something good for them. It's their time. Um, they don't need to get back in the car. Uh, you know, there are so many benefits of that. And so we do that. And also with the very young children, um, the all-stars program for the five to eight-year-olds there's a lot of involvement in the parents in actually helping to deliver that program as well so they get to take part in that program with their children and they they can talk about it afterwards and the children have a bat and a ball to go home with so they can play with their parents and with the rest of their family when they get home so it's about involving the whole family you know there are there are places uh, for people to volunteer just little chunks of time but there are also places for parents just to take part and just enjoy being part of this big family you know our cricket pitch on a Monday evening um, we have a beautiful cricket pitch in Dumfries oh, anyway yeah. beautiful, beautiful. but on a Monday evening it is full there's over 14s on the square there's uh, juniors in the nets, there's the all-stars cricket program, the five to eight-year-olds, and there's us lot doing our cricket with our music on uh, and on the far side beside the, the score hut. And at the end of it, we all come together and we're all smiling, you know, and that's priceless. That's awesome. I can just imagine that atmosphere. You know, it's, um, it's and, and it, I guess what, what I wanted to touch on that is if every cricket club in Scotland could get that going, it's only going to benefit and, and, and it goes back to what we've already spoken about, mental well-being. I think there's a lot of parents that just follow their kids around for what sport they're doing. They're busy in their day-to-day, -day, their work life. And, and it's something you touched on there, standing around for two hours. I mean, I used to come out and my mum and dad would be like, you know, absolutely. Chittering. Yeah, ch yeah. And, and why not have been active? Um, and, yeah. and, and, and like you said, it, it's it's kind of knocking over that barrel of you need to be a certain standard or you can't do it does it does it matter Every, all standards all people can take part and i think it's a great initiative and i look forward to seeing it rolling out to more more clubs and even across the board not just cricket yeah and it's it's um the other thing that it does is it breaks that barrier of feeling that the the cricket club isn't 
or that cricket as a sport is an alien sport. So I think a lot of people just, you know, the only cricket they've ever seen has been test cricket on the television. Mm -hmm. Now for cricketers, test cricket is, you know, the ultimate test. But um, if you're a mum and you've never played sport before, then someone says cricket, you see blokes in white outfits standing around. You know, that's what you see. Yeah, exactly. Whereas if we can show people that actually cricket has that, but it also has all these other bits as well, um, then being part of the same sport as your children are is amazing. You know, I've said before that there are very few sports that you can play in the same team as your teenage children. I've managed to play, not very often, but, you know, evening T20 20 over cricket um, in a social league in the same team as my husband, my son, and my daughter. Oh, wow, that's amazing. You know, and that, you know that's an experience that not many people get. Uh, and it's very, very special. Yep. So being, being open to delivering lots of different forms of cricket and um, for us at Cricket Scotland to support clubs to be able to do that and to maybe help them um, just make that first step because the first step is obviously always the hardest step mm-hmm. to considering how they might open up what they offer to, to families particularly then you can have the whole family involved. You know, my dad's 82. He used to play cricket. Um, And I said to him, you know, if we had walking cricket, dad, you could maybe play walking cricket. And you could see that little glint in his eye. And he was thinking, maybe I could play walking cricket. I'm only 82, but I can, you know, manage 18 holes in a golf course without any problem. So there'll be grandparents, parents, children. You know, this is, this is something that, we could do for the whole family, you know, five to 85. How amazing would that be? And how vibrant would our cricket clubs be if we could do that? You know, we can pick our cricket clubs up, some of whom are struggling. Uh, If we can manage to help them um, open up opportunities for people to come and be involved and I know it's difficult because volunteers are so hard to come by but if you can gradually grow the volunteers and they just have one little bit to do instead of the volunteers having huge numbers of jobs to do then a little bit makes you feel part of something and again it's being part of the team so I go and I I am a cricket activator so I do the cricket but then I'll go along to women's and girls softball and I'm just one of the women and girls playing. And yeah, I might be able to help somebody as sort of like a bit of an assistant coach, but actually I'm not the coach. So I get to go and have my fun bit and then I get to be able to share the joy with other people. So in my head, I see cricket clubs as because we are now able to deliver all these different things and we are keen to support them to do this as being places where families can come and enjoy physical activity, sport, community, all together. And out of that, we have a bigger community, a happier community, a more diverse community. And then through that, we have 
more children being involved in cricket, more young athletes choosing cricket, we then have stronger um, regional structures, we have stronger junior structures, we therefore have stronger, deeper pools of talented players at the top as well. So that's, in, that's my sort of mind map of how I would love to see cricket develop in Scotland. I love it. I love it. And uh, to all the cricket clubs out there, you know, I'm sure there'll be quite a few that tune in to, to, to listen to you. Um, and I think it's um, hopefully there'll be some some interest in this off the back of it. And ideally, every cricket club to be using an initiative like this, I think, would be would be wonderful. Something else I wanted to touch on. So studies in sport. Now, you have obviously you're a perfect advert for that because you've 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 done both. You've studied at a very high level to become a doctor, but you also played sport. Squash was your sport. You played it at a very good level to the point, you know, you could really could have gone professional with it. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about the challenges of that, because that's often something that takes youngsters away from their sport. Mm -hmm. what, what's your thoughts on that? Um, All right. I think that um, that's another, uh, it's another group of myths to some extent. So you quite often hear, oh, so-and-so is not going to hockey training. I play in a hockey team as well. You know, yeah. some of the youngsters aren't coming to hockey training because they've got their exams coming up and they need to study. And I find myself thinking, all the more reason to come to hockey training because if you can take an hour out of your studies and do some sport, then your brain is going to be much fitter to learn when you finish that. You know how woken up you feel and how alert you feel after playing sport. You know, you can then go back to your studies with a brain that's fresh and, and you know, waiting for new information and you remember things better uh, and you learn better. But also when you feel stronger in yourself, both physically and mentally, then it's easier to, to overcome the, the challenges that studying um, give you. So, you know, one, you will remember things better and two, you'll feel stronger and healthier you'll sleep better. So that's the other part of sport is if, you, if I don't play sport during the day, I don't really sleep very well at night. But if I play a sport during the day or if I do some exercise during the day, I sleep much better and sleep is really, really important for young people. And it's really important to lay down the pathways in your brain and to remember the things that you tried to learn that day. Um, so for studying, sport is the perfect Thing to go with studying. Um, as a performance athlete, it does become very challenging though, because both things are pulling you in different ways often. And it's hard sometimes to fit both together. Universities are getting better at uh, giving opportunity to young uh, elite sports people to, to combine studying with their sport. And that's definitely improving. Um, for example, Napier University in Scotland have linked up with Cricket Scotland to do some programmes where, where our young athletes can study and do their sport together. And the other universities have similar um, types of schemes. So um, I think that education generally is realising that sport is good for your brain. And so therefore, yeah. Uh, as well as being 
good for your physical health. It's good for your learning capacity too. So if we can manage to, to continue those relationships with, with education, to help encourage education to, to mesh the two together better than perhaps it has in the past, then perhaps people won't have the, the sort of decision I had to make at university, which was, do I play elite sport or do I study to be a doctor? I think times have changed and I think now I could probably do both. But in those days, I just couldn't. It was impossible. Um, and, you know, it's one of those sliding doors moments. You, you always wonder, what if I wonder? Um, I, I don't have any regrets about having chosen to be a doctor, but it would have been nice to know how far I could have gone with my sport. And I hope our young cricketers uh, and other young sports people now maybe don't have that decision to make. They can do both. And I would encourage all educationalists, teachers, um, universities, uh, schools to keep encouraging your youngsters to, to be involved in sport because um, they will mentally be stronger. They will be able to learn better and they will be able to deal with the pressures that that education and exams and studying um, put on them uh, better than they would without their sport. There's no doubt about that. It gives you, you know, resilience is, a, is an overused and misused word, but it makes you stronger being involved in sport for lots and lots of reasons. So uh, really important to be able to do both. And it will make you remember things better. That's the thing to tell parents. Remember, they will remember they're studying better. They can drop out, you know, watching a soap opera on the TV. You know, that might take the same length of time as going to cricket practice for an hour. You know, which which is better for them and which is better for their studies and their education it's definitely going and playing cricket yeah not eastenders or coronation street definitely yeah. going out and being active um, yeah. and computer games and stuff like that i mean that I, I think there's got to be a balance there i mean my my childhood is very much like your childhood where it was just outdoors all the time whereas i don't think you see as many kids out and about playing as much anywhere near yeah. as what you used to uh so you know that's really powerful and it's something you said there that really resonated with me and I used to used to frustrate me because I, I always made sure I, you know I battled with my parents to make sure that my, that I got to still play my sport during exams maybe it cost me some some results because I no, went, it probably didn't it, 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 it probably <laughs> did I'm gonna to have to put my hands up you know my mum would send me upstairs to do my studies and I would manage to be watching some cricket um, watching doing, cricket might have done yeah so so that would that wouldn't have helped yeah. But, you know, there was times where players would be, you know, you would get a message from somebody saying, I'm out of the game for two or three months. I'm doing my, I've got my exams. And it was, you would think, well, it's only like two evenings a week that we, you know, we meet on a Friday for a game and you've got Monday night training. You've got all that other time. Can you just manage things a bit better? And I think it comes from the parents as well. And I think this, you, your explanations there, I hope gets out there to as many people as possible because I think it will make parents think about that in a, in a slightly different way because the old mentality is very much it's exam time, forget everything. Whereas yeah. sport, as you say, will only help the help the brain. Um, cricket in Scotland, we've talked about it quite a bit. Um, you're the you're the president of Cricket Scotland, which is you know quite a prestige position. Girl power as well, which is uh, which is coming forward, which is good to see. Very inspiring for the next generation. What do your duties entail 
what are your what are you what are your what are your goals what are you wanting to achieve in this role um well i think i'm probably a slightly different president than previous presidents not only in the fact that i'm female and all the previous presidents have been male but i think generally uh, the president of cricket scotland has been an honor bestowed on people who are involved in the game who are involved at club level but who've also been often international cricketers themselves played for scotland you know maybe being top run scorer or top wicket taker um and um and so perhaps it was more of a sort of ceremonial role to some extent uh you also chair the board of cricket scotland holdings limited which is the game of cricket board and so um part of your job is to to get together with the other directors of the board to try and uh, work out where we should go next what direction the organization should go in um, what we think is a priority from those of us who represent different parts of the game so there's discussion about that in the board and you chair that board and you sit on the other board um, as a representative of the game in the business board really mm -hmm. so so you do that but um, that didn't seem to be quite enough for me. And I don't think that, that I was elected just to do that. I hope I wasn't anyway, mm -hmm. because what I want to do, I want to make a difference. You know, I want, it's been, it's a huge honor. There is no doubt about that. And, um, it was a complete shock out of the blue thing when somebody phoned me and said, would you mind if we nominated you? And then people voted for me as well, you know, so what a huge honor, but what a huge responsibility. Yeah. So I want to make a difference. And I think the biggest difference that I can make is to encourage us as a whole community to open ourselves up and to make sure that we open up the opportunities within our community to as many different people from as many different backgrounds as possible. And to look at really just saying you may not have felt welcome in the past. And it may not have been because people weren't welcome in the past, but they just didn't feel they were. But to say, welcome, come be part of this, whoever you are, whatever age you are, whatever ethnicity you are, you know, whatever your sexual preference, whatever your ability or your disability, come and be part of this, be part of this big family. And so I want us to reach out to places that we have not perhaps engaged with before and reach out to communities who have felt they weren't welcome before find out what we could do to help them feel welcome find out what we could set up that would be something they would want to take part in and find out how we can improve the diversity within the coaching within the officials within the board, um, within the staff, within every different part of cricket in Scotland. Let's try and be representative of the population of Scotland. Let's try and be diverse because if you have diversity within all of that, either within the forms of cricket that you offer or the people involved or the communities you reach out to, then you are by definition going to make better decisions you're going to 
be a stronger organisation. Your clubs are going to be stronger if they're more diverse and if they have more to offer. And then, you know, being involved as part of that big family will be more enriching than it's ever been before. So that's sort of what I see as my role during the time that I'm president. We've not had it easy though. Um, I mean, that's a lot of um, <laughs> a really positive stuff and I really like what you're saying, but there's just this little thing called the coronavirus, mm -hmm. um, which, is, which I'm imagining has impacted a lot yes. of your plans as it has for a lot of people, anything, anything they're trying to do in life. When does your when does your role start, and when does it when does it you know I'm not saying come to an end, but when is your kind of period until? Yeah, well, it should have. I became president elect in April of 2019, and you mm -hmm. have a year as president elect to sort of learn the ropes, mm -hmm. and then the AGM in April is when you should start your presidency. But of course, it was postponed till August the end of August. So I was sort of you know, on the blocks, yeah, <laughs> ready, ready to go. To go yeah. um, and I've had to wait. But you know, that's not the worst thing that's happened to anybody during this epidemic. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I have waited. Um, and I have tried as president-elect to, to do some things and to get a bit more involved and to prepare for the time I would become president. I now only have 18 months from the end of August. So I have till April 2022. Mm -hmm. as president and then I have a year as past president um so I've got a lot to do in that time yeah and we have an organization which is financially going to be hit very hard as all mm -hmm. organizations are by this epidemic we have a small team anyway and we don't have we're very good at making great use of a pound um because funding has not been amazing you know mm -hmm. we do get funded by Sports Scotland and without that we wouldn't be able to do any of the things we do. And we get funded by the ICC. But as you, somebody who's been involved in cricket for a long time, will know that the funding from the ICC for nations such as our own is very small compared to that, for example, across the border in England. So we have to be very creative with the money that we have. We have to use it as best we can to deliver as much as possible. But yes, it's going to be challenging. Um, there were some redundancies in, in the office in Cricket Scotland during the summer because of the financial situation. And that, for a small team, has been very, very hard for everybody. Um, extremely hard for those made redundant, but also very hard for the rest of the team um, to see friends and colleagues in that situation. So, yeah, it, it's been really difficult. And, of course, we didn't get a lot of cricket this summer either, international mm -hmm. cricket, um, we haven't had any international cricket for the men's and women's team. Um, and we've had little club, club cricket as well. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. We have to cut our cloth. We have to do the best we can with what we've got. And um, there's a lot of work going into working out what we can do with what we have. And um, that's the other thing that, makes it really important that we're part of a community that we can all support each other through this so Cricket Scotland can support the clubs and the individuals that work for them through these difficult times and hopefully the clubs will come through we will come through um, and 
to some extent, perhaps it might bring us all closer. Um, because I think it's done that with lots of communities. You know, it, it, it's perhaps focused us on what we can do for clubs and individuals and maybe focused clubs on what they can do and what they can do together with other clubs in associations. So I hope that we will be stronger for it eventually, but who knows what the next 12 months will bring. There will be difficult times coming up um, and you know there'll be difficult decisions being made as there are in all businesses. Yeah. Um, but hopefully we'll come through it. And uh, you know, I'm a positive person. You know, in sport, I think you learn that you should only try and control the controllables. Yeah. So some of this is out with our control, and we just have to accept that that is the case. And then we have to see what can we do with what we have, and how can we best move forward with what we have. And I think that's the attitude that we all have to take. And how can we support each other through this as well? No, no, I agree. I, I agree, and, and I think um, it's amazing. You know, you've got limited tools. I can, you know, that's you, you, you've not got millions and millions of pounds in there to just throw at this, but you do have a passion and I'm yes. sure you've got, you know, many people out there, you know, me being one of them as well, that is passionate about seeing the game grow here. And I think uh, it'll be amazing what you could achieve in 18 months, coronavirus or not. So, you know, we'll, we'll be, I'm sure you've got plenty of support and we're rooting for you in that role. Um, Something I think is very important, so we've just, uh, and you were promoting it, I think just yesterday evening, we've got five nominations um, for the ICC Associate Player of the Decade, three of which are guys, two of which are sisters, not only girls, two sisters, which is amazing, and I, I, I'm hopeful to be getting these sisters on in 2021, I mean, they're, I'll be... I'm in awe of these two. You know, everywhere I look, I just hear about the Bryce sisters, and I think it's fantastic. It's a fantastic advert for cricket in general, but girls out there to see that look, there is a there is a route here in, in Scotland if you really want it bad enough. Yeah. But then you've got Cam No, what these this has got to obviously Sorry, you're breaking up a bit, Kazim. Yep, you got me back now? Yep. You're back. So, you know, we've got these three, five great cricketers, three yeah. of which are guys, two of which are girls. We need to make, in my opinion, a hell of a lot of noise about this. Uh, yeah, I mean, what amazing sports people these are, aren't they? Um, so, so delighted for them that they're being recognised for their talent, their dedication, their determination. Um, their clarity in, in their task and purpose. But the fact that they're all really, really nice people as well, mm -hmm. you know, they're amazing role models for young people everywhere in Scotland. Say, you know, you can actually progress through this. You can become the person who's finalist for, and hopefully we will have two Scottish winners. Fingers crossed. Of the ICC Associate Player of the Decade. You know, it's not just the year, it's the decade. Yes, yeah, good. And, and for, for them to have done that um, requires a whole lot of effort from a whole lot of people. So it's the person who first gave them the opportunity to play. It's the parent or friend 
who took them to cricket and sat there in the cold waiting for them to come back again. It's the junior coach who inspired them and set their passion alight. It's the performance pathway coaches who've helped them progress. It's the national governing body who's given them the opportunity. And unfortunately, as yet, for the female players for the Bryces have not yet been able to give them professional contracts even, and they're still in this situation. Mm -hmm. And it's them themselves in their hard work and dedication, but they can only do that within um, a lot of other supports around about them. So there are so many people for whom this award um, for any of these five will be reward for hard work, determination, effort, support, you know, whether it's been financial or whether it's been time. And I think, um, you know, for, for the cricketing community in Scotland to have five people shortlisted for this is just incredible. And it does, it shows that you can do this if you really want it. Um, and we can support you to do this. And it's, I think, increasingly, we can support young athletes to get through to that sort of level. Um, and then, you know, who knows tomorrow the world. The, the Bryces, for example, are 23 and 20. Oof, just very young. You know? Um, so, uh, and because they are such great athletes, uh, and because they work so hard at their sport, they're fit, they're healthy, you know, they're both at university studying at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, they're smart girls, but they're just lovely girls. They're great role models, you know. Um, anybody who meets them comes away with a smile, but also with a sort of, these are impressive girls. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know the girls better than, than the, the, the men. Um, because I obviously travel with them when they're on tour as the, as the tour manager. And I've got to know these girls and they're just brilliant girls. Love them to bits. And um, I would challenge anybody not to come away feeling that when they meet them. And I would definitely think you should have them on. Yeah, no, well, I'll leave um, you to, I mean, I'm only, a, I'll leave you to, you've got, you've got the end there. Um, and I'm I would sure love, they would be happy to do that. But yes, you know, it's brilliant to see this and it's, you know, the best part of it is the recognition for the work that they've done. You know, these five cricketers are not part of a huge, big professional setup. They're not being paid hundreds of thousands of pounds to do what they do. They're doing it because they're passionate about it and they're dedicated. And they have all had lots of challenges along the way to yeah. that make it harder for them to do it from Scotland than if they came from some other countries. Um, but you know, that makes it all the sweeter when they get there because they know they've been through all that and they're still there. So I would encourage anybody who even considers uh, a career in cricket to get a chance to speak to any of these individuals and listen to, to their passion and their dedication and you know, model yourself on, on their approach to cricket you know anybody who who went to that scotland the england game um and uh, sat in the crowd as the scotland men beat england men in the grange in edinburgh uh, a couple of years ago and watched our players step up to the mark and step up to the challenge 
and embrace the challenge and win. You know, that what an inspiring, inspiring bunch of people they are. No, incredible. And just I want to take this opportunity just to plug the channel here that the people that Sue is actually mentioning, uh, Callum and Richie, two of them have been on the podcast. So feel free to to jump over and have a listen to both of them. They were great to, great to have on. Richie, good friend of mine, lives all the way down in Greenup. He's a he's a, he's a very private man, but I'm, I'm, I'll get I'll get him eventually. And Sue, uh, hopefully, we'll get uh, get the two. I'm sure we can do that. Which which and I would love to do it at the same time with both of them because I think just to pick their both their brains at the same time would be would be amazing. Um, I thought you know I, I've followed them closely and I, I'm I'm so so impressed. I've never seen noise like that about two girl cricketers in Scotland. Um, yeah. Which is a bit sad, but I think it's yes. a sign things are going. It's a right start. Time. It's a start. Hundred percent. Something you mentioned there was you spend a lot of time with the girls team. Mm-hmm. So how much time are you spending with the guys team? Because you're obviously, you're the president of Cricket Scotland. And I think it's important that you get quite a lot of time with the guys as well, really get, I mean, you, I'm sure you do know them all quite well personally, but is it, is it encouraged or are you, is it something you're looking to do to kind of get more time with them? Because I think more time with them would, Bringing both of it to get both parties together a little bit more will benefit things moving yeah. forward. Well, obviously, this summer has been different. Yeah. Um. So we haven't been encouraged to get together with anybody really. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Um. But I'm hoping that next year I might actually get a chance to get to know the men who play in the Scotland men's team. Yeah. Um. Probably won't get to know them as well as I know the Scotland women's team because of yep. my role as as uh, as tour manager with them. But I would like to have the chance to talk to them about what they do and how they go about their business and also to be able to watch and support them um, from a boundary route somewhere. And so that's one of my plans, um, as well as hoping to get out to lots of cricket clubs in Scotland and just go and spend some time with people in the different clubs, listen to them, you know, just hear about their challenges and hear about the things that inspire them and the difficulties they have and and see whether I can gather that information so we can use it to help them. But it's the same with the, the, the male and female players. And in fact, I've just um, invited uh, to our next board meeting, one of the male and one of the female players, they have to pick who, to come and tell the board members just a little bit about the day in the life of one of our national players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and get a chance for the board members to ask them questions and for them to ask the board members questions as well mm-hmm. to hopefully to try and bring us all together you know we're all part of the same family we're all part of the same team yeah uh, and so sharing having some understanding of the pressures that other people in different roles are under and the experiences that they have can only help us as we make decisions so that um will be that's a new thing and it probably won't happen at every board meeting because Mm -hmm. we have different things to to focus on every board meeting but at least we can start that dialogue and start that link between us all so that we can feel part of the same thing you know I, i think for the for the national players sometimes they feel very separate to the rest Mm -hmm. um not in a sort of elitist, we're better than the rest, but in a, um, it would be really nice to, to, to link more, 
you know, and to talk more and to communicate more with the rest of the game in Scotland. You know, they have a lot, a lot of experience to tell us about. Um, and they also have such passion for the game because they wouldn't be there unless they did. And so it would be really nice to give them an opportunity to share that passion with other people. And so that's what I hope this, uh, this will start to do. I agree. I think that would be. I think that's 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 definitely the way forward. And it's good to to hear your mindset. And I think maybe in future, in one of these hot destinations that the that the men's team get to go, maybe it's an idea to have you as tour manager. I think you would be. I think you've obviously already been there and done it with the girls. I think you'd be great. Um, I've been away with some good managers in the past and some not so good <laughs> managers in the past. Won't name anybody, but I think you would be great. And that would really give you a chance. I mean, the time you get to spend on tour, one-to-one, regular meals in the evening, being at the ground, travelling together, it's amazing. You've done it with the girls, so you know. Um, that would maybe be maybe be an idea in the future. You can maybe pick and choose which one, maybe Dubai, you know. They're, they're all, <laughs> that, that'd be a nice, that'd be a nice one to choose. Um, we usually end up with our qualifiers being in Scotland, so I haven't travelled very oh, far yeah. with the women's team, unfortunately. Um, but the men's team do get seem to get to go they to get more, more uh, tropical yeah. surroundings, don't they? So <laughs> Chuck your, your name in the hat. Um, I think I think it would be great, to, and I think it would be great for you to go away and then see how the see how the, see how things are slightly different and the, the differences between both and how maybe you can bring something to the to the girls side that, that maybe you've picked up on yeah. the men's side. I think I think that would be awesome. It's My certainly sorry, 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 can I just I think you know one of the reasons that I became uh, one of the, the the steps in the pathway of becoming president was getting more insight into the life of the national cricketers as being the manager and, and the challenges that they have. I think that's been a really useful thing. So I have, you know, being a cricket activator, trying to get a women's team out, being part of a social mixed um, T20 pub league type team, yeah. being involved in the committee in my local club, being on the board and also being part of that, um, the international setup and understanding international cricket more. Um, these have all been sort of like little bits of the jigsaw. So yeah, that's one bit I'm missing. Yeah, no, I think good you, idea. I think complete that. <laughs> that jigsaw, get that done. Just maybe have a look at. Obviously, it's hard just now because we don't know how the calendar is yeah. looking. But just keep your eye on it, soon. And the next time you see, oh, that looks quite a warm destination. I'll go. Um, <laughs> that's, that's one for you. Good work, mind. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Play listen, you think you're, you're president as well. You know, you can you can pull some pull some strings. Um, my last question, and I, and I ask a lot of people this question, um, and I think it's a very important question. You've touched on a, a lot of things throughout, but what advice, what main advice would you give to a young girl or a young boy out there who wants to make their way in sport at a high level, but they also want to achieve other things as well? Um, the first thing would be to have people that will support you around about you and you don't have a great deal of control over that um, but find a club where you feel comfortable and welcome and you feel that people are interested in you and your hopes and dreams not their hopes and dreams mm -hmm. you know coaches that are all about the athlete the the child the adult sports person in front of them 
are really inspiring. And I think many of us who've had long journeys in different sports or even in a single sport will remember the coach or the teacher that wanted to know what your hopes and dreams were. Have those hopes and dreams and hold on to them through the hard times because there will be hard times. It is not easy to get through to elite level in any sport. There are many challenges um, and it's maybe more difficult when you're in a small country, but the turn that around and think, well, I have the opportunity in a small country um, to go through these pathways. I will have to work hard at this, but if I really want it, then I'll work hard. Read Bounce, the Matthew Syed book um, about whenever you practice, practice purposefully. So it's a really interesting book. I don't know if you've read it, Kazim. I've heard of this man. And it's I've a heard great book. Brilliant. It's a great book. And it's all about purposeful practice and about athletes who have excelled, who may well not have been the best at 12 or 14 or 16 or 18, but have continued to be coachable. They listen to their coaches. They put the lessons into practice. They practice on their own, you know, you can practice with a bat and a ball almost anywhere, as lockdown has proven. There have been people out there finding innovative ways of practicing. But when you practice, always practice with a purpose. Keep those hopes and dreams. Um, find people that inspire you. Um, find role models that inspire you, that you think you could follow them. See what path they, they went through. See whether you can learn from them, either from their experiences or for things that work for them, things that didn't. Immerse yourself in the sport. Watch lots of it if you have the opportunity. You know, I'm amazed by the number of young people who don't watch the sport that they want to play. You know, watch the best playing. Mm -hmm. You know, TV is amazing now for giving you breakdowns of technique, breakdowns of decision-making. You know, you hear guys on the mic now in the middle of a game talking about their match tactics. You know, just be a sponge. Just soak all of that up. And it's all part of that jigsaw puzzle to make, help you be that elite sports person. Um, do your studies, do your sport, find places that make you happy to do that sport in. Keep going with your studies because sport can be quite fragile mm -hmm. and it may be that you will never get through to elite level, but you can enjoy the journey to whatever level you get to. And you will always get loads of life skills from that involvement as well. So at the same time, keep your studies going, keep your mind open to opportunity grab the opportunity when it comes and just shake everything out of it that you can, you know, but shake all the fun out of it as well. And never forget to enjoy the here and now. Don't always be thinking, if only, I wish I could. Enjoy the now, enjoy the experience. You know, I, I sometimes have that sort of pinch yourself moment when you're, you're in a big match, you know, playing in England at squash at my master's level. You know, you have that moment where everything sort of disappears into the distance and sort of pixelates out almost. 
and you just have that sense of joy and purpose about what you're doing and you know that sense of achievement for having got to that moment never lose that because we never know what's around the corner for us so you know keep open to and the other thing is don't necessarily just play one sport when you're young play lots of sports mm -hmm. because you never know which one might turn out to be the one that you love more and there are so many transferable things from sport to sport you know that you you know some people will be particularly good team players some people will be particularly good on their own some people will start off in one sport and then actually find that they love this other sport that they're just starting much better if you're a hockey player you know you've got you can hit the ball you can run you can play a team game you can do tactics you might find that your love of hockey starts to drop well why not try cricket or mm -hmm. vice versa mm -hmm. you know you have um examples of um there we have uh, georgia adderley for example who's uh one of our top female squash players in scotland who's just 19 now and she played under 17 football for scotland at the same time as just winning the british junior open at squash wow you know, and doing her studies, she's at university. So you have to be organized. You have to try and get a balance. Um, you have to only control the things you can control, but never lose the joy. I think that would be the kernel of it all is never lose the joy and never lose the joy of the moment. Don't forget to experience the now because you'll never get this now again. You'll never get this now again. That's 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 you'll never get your teenage years, late teenage years again. You'll never get your twenties again. So, you know, your thirties, your forties, your fifties, whatever, you know, yeah. take 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 those moments for what they are. I mean, incredible, incredible advice. I'm really, really happy that uh, I reached out to you because it has been uh, it's been fascinating. I, I know you enjoyed the recent podcast with Grant Bradburn. Um, wow. You know, what an amazing coach. I yeah. took lots of notes <laughs> about performance sport. I've got, yeah. And I'm sure there'll be lots of people that are, are, are doing similar when they listen to this, because it's been just fascinating to pick your brains and to hear, you know, how much sport, how much influence sport can have in everybody's life. Mm. Um, yes. And then obviously the importance of studies, which are equally just as important. Yeah. Um, and you're always evolving. But but evolve don't you know don't close doors that you don't have to close that's something i've taken from this yes. today you know keep all the doors open and and, and you can do it you can do everything you know uh, you can take on all different opportunities in a, in, a, in a sensible manner that you're not affecting your studies or not affecting your sport everything mm -hmm. can still take place it's and been, I, can i just add one other thing sometimes absolutely. the opportunities come up at the most surprising times you know who would have thought that i would you know, I gave up my squash for 17 years and then I took it back up again. Who would have thought that I would have got to captain the Scottish squash team when I'm 55, you know, yeah. um, and meet all these amazing other 55 year olds from around the UK who are also top quality squash players. Yeah. You know, who would have thought I would have become president of Cricket Scotland? Exactly. So opportunity comes when you least expect it. If it comes to you, don't let it go past. You know grab it and mm -hmm. you know I, who would have thought i would have had a chance to be on shaky sports journeys exactly who amazing would have had the chat you know it's that that's something you you so powerful it's amazing 
the connections and the people that I'm speaking with. I would, you know, I didn't know you until, yeah. you know, I knew you. I knew you. I knew you were in this role, the president of Cricket Scotland. I would never have probably had a chat like this with you. Uh, maybe I would have bumped into you at a cricket ground or something. But you know, social media. This is a power. You know, social media has positive. It has negatives as well, yeah. but it has a lot of positives. You know, we connected on social media. I've been looking at your your tweets. I like your mindset, and I thought you know it would be really interesting to to get you on, and and I'm glad I did. Uh, I think this is going to be a great 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 advert for for cricket, for women in sport, for all people in sport. Um, I think you're very. You, I like your inclusive mindset and how diverse you think how important diversity is. Uh, I, I echo and, and share a lot of your a lot of your thoughts, and it's been very very enjoyable to talk to you. Um, I look forward to Likewise. when this comes out. Um, obviously, to the listeners, um, please do subscribe to the channel. Um, the, it's easy enough to, once you've watched this, just pop over. It's just a little press of the subscribe button. I'm working very hard to bring you the best of best content. And hopefully this has been a, a, been a great lesson for you. I want to say thank you very much to Cricket Scotland President Sue Strachan for joining me. My pleasure. And thank you for inviting me. It's been great fun. I do tend to talk once people start me off on these subjects I'm passionate That's about. about. That's what it's all about. <laughs> I, I couldn't if if you were if you were a mute, it's it's not it's not too much to the host a mute. So you know it's been it's been excellent. You've been wonderful, really good to listen to, and I thank you very much again. And I hope I see you on a boundary rope in the summer. Fingers crossed. Fingers yep. crossed. Hopefully not at too social, too much social distance. Hopefully we can get, we can chat from a bit closer. That would be nice. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yes. Thank you.